Hello and welcome to episode six of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I've been a middle and high school teacher as well as a teacher of future and current teachers. And I love a good story. And I love to explore ways to help students live out great stories and for educators to thrive in their own. So that's what we talk about in this podcast. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? So one thing before we dive into the episode. First, as this pandemic seems to finally be loosening its grip on our society, one of the best results of this is that we can finally start being back together in person again with students and friends and family and other educators. And one of the things that I get to do besides working with my own students is getting to be with teachers to share stories and ideas and inspiration that hopefully helps them in their work. Before the pandemic, I was getting all of these crazy opportunities to travel around the country and even world to spend time with educators. And then COVID hit and we all moved to Zoom. Now, I will be the first to say that some magic still happens in virtual spaces. I've gotten to be with thousands of teachers all over the place who I might not have gotten to connect with if not for virtual meeting spaces. So I'm grateful for that. But I have to say, I'm ready to be back with teachers in person again. I got to do some of that during the pandemic, but not nearly as much as I'd like, sharing space and energy with you. So I wanted to put a bug in your ear in case you're interested in having me come your way sometime this year. My summer speaking schedule is starting to book up, and I'm going to be all over Indiana already, and a couple of places in Canada, and Michigan, and New York, and South Carolina, and Florida, and some other amazing places, and I would love to come your way too. So if you're interested in that or know an administrator who would be as well, feel free to get in touch with me. My email is trevor at trevormuir.com. All right, let's do this. This episode is called Don't Smile Until Christmas. So in my first year of teaching, when I was a brand new teacher, I was really young looking. And I'm sure you might have been too when you start off teaching, but I think I was extra young looking. I was that guy that parents would mistake for a student. Even sometimes students would mistake me for another student at the school. I had no facial hair. I weighed like 160 pounds. I looked like Ralph Macchio from the first Karate Kid movie. I looked like I was 12. And I remember like going into teaching, feeling pretty insecure about how young I looked because I was a high school teacher and I kind of looked like an older high school student. And I remember I had a college professor who told me because I looked so young, he gave me this sage wisdom I'll never forget. And maybe you've been told this same thing at some point that I shouldn't smile until Christmas. Were you told the same thing? It's this idea that if you're too light with your students in the beginning, especially if you look young, they're going to take advantage of you. If you give an inch, they're going to take a mile. And I remember, I think on my very first day of teaching ever, I took this advice that I'd heard from this professor and a couple of other seasoned teachers who 
saw that I was new and I needed to set a nice strong precedent at the beginning of the school year. I remember I took this advice and I started off class standing tall and stern at the front of my room. Now on the inside, I was bursting with excitement that I finally was starting my teaching career. This is something that I had been building to for years and I couldn't believe that it was finally happening. I was feeling so much happiness on the inside, but I thought that I couldn't let my students know that. And so in the first minute, after introducing myself to my brand new students, I told them that I have a rule in my class that you cannot put your head on the desk as if this is the most important thing to tell your brand new students. And so I said, all right, no heads on your desks. And most of the students who started off class with their heads down, picked them up quickly. But this one student named Daniel kept his head down. And I said to Daniel, what's your name? And he just shrugged his shoulders and he kept his head down on his desk. In the most serious tone I could muster, I said, you need to pick your head up off your desk. And he looks up at me and he goes, nah. I said, you have two options. You can pick your head up and we can start class or you can leave my classroom and walk down to the office. Which one do you choose? And I figured he was gonna choose option A, but then Daniel picked his head up and picked up his backpack and walked out of my room. And the whole class looked just stunned. And I know what they were thinking. They, they were thinking, dang, this 12 year old means business. And I'm thinking to myself, that's right. I'm not the kid karate kid. I'm the grown Ralph Macchio from the Cobra Kai show, right? Like now I got to mention here, being authoritative like this really isn't in my character. And the teachers I loved growing up weren't the ones with a short temper and no grace. And so this wasn't easy for me but I did feel pretty good about how I handled the situation. These kids need to know that I mean business. Well, the next day, Daniel started off class with his head on his desk again, and I went through the same motions with him. I gave him two options, and then I kicked him out of my classroom. And the same thing happened again on the third day of school. Clearly, my tough guy routine wasn't working with him. He kept defying me and putting his head on his desk. And I kept kicking him out. And my principal came to me after school that day and she asked me what was going on. Why was Daniel continuing to come to her office? And I explained to her that I was trying to establish my authority early on in the school year. You know, like I was trained to do. And I could see a hint of a smile on her face. And I didn't know why at the time, but now I look back and I realize she knows the proverb, don't smile until Christmas. But she said to me, basically, she said, maybe you just need to lighten up a little bit. And she gave me license to do that, which, by the way, was a huge relief to me. Because again, being rigid like this wasn't in my character. And for some of my students, it wasn't working. And then later that year, I learned that Daniel comes from a really challenging home life. Because of the things that were happening at home, he was kept up most nights and came to school dead tired. And at the beginning of the school year, he really needed a place that was safe and could insert some joy in his life. So I had to change up my approach a bit with him and really all of my students because something wasn't working here. I, I, I'm not actually being my true self when I'm in the classroom this way. And so I learned to lighten up a bit and we'll talk about what that looks like in just a little bit later on in this episode. 
But before I do that, I also want to share what happened when I had the opposite approach with students. So in my fifth year of teaching, I started at a brand new school. And I'm not going to lie, when I got to this new place, this brand new place to teach, I wanted to be loved. I wanted students to, to just like being in my class. And if I'm being honest, I wanted word to get out to my principal about it and make him feel happy in his decision to hire me and bring me onto his staff. And so on the first day, and I cringe a little bit telling this to you, I was like a crazy man. I approached that first week of school as if I was a stand-up comedian. My chief goal was to make my students feel that when you're in Mr. Muir's English class, you are always going to have fun. I was standing up on tables and rapping to Eminem songs. I hung a basketball hoop on the door. I looked the other way when kids were playing Minecraft on their computers. And really, I was just trying to make my class awesome and make my students love me. And I got to tell you, it kind of worked. Students really did look forward to coming into my class and I was getting the reputation as the fun teacher. And I'll be honest, I really liked that. I liked that reputation. But also always present in the back of my mind was this frustration that students were not taking me seriously that some weren't getting very much work done in my class and that I was not using a lot of the wisdom and practices that I had gained in my first four years at that other school. And that's why after a few months into that school year, it all fell apart. The students were becoming unruly. One kid glued all of my supply cabinets shut with actual super glue. One day I was out and I came back to a note from a substitute that wrote in all capital letters that my class was out of control and that some of my students even made her cry. This was one of the most stressful times I had ever had as a teacher. This wasn't love, this was disrespect. And so one day, I pulled one of the students who I was having trouble with, a ringleader of sorts, and I pulled him out into the hallway and I leveled with him. I said, why are you guys acting like this? And he looked at me and he said, well, because you acted crazy at the beginning of the year, you were standing on tables and didn't care if the class got loud. And I just didn't know how to respond to that because he was right. So what is that balance? Is there room for both? Do I have to choose between being a stern, strict educator, which isn't really even my personality, or is it better to just be lots of fun but also have students walk all over me? This is a question a lot of teachers grapple with. The brilliant educator Dwayne Reed posted on Twitter late last week. He said that you can be the fun teacher or the nice teacher, or the teacher every kid likes, and still have high expectations for them to follow the rules. It is possible. And, and that's why I decided to do this podcast this week, because a lot of people resonated with Dwayne's tweet. And I have to agree with Dwayne. There is space for both. And in fact, there needs to be space for both. So I want to share some ways that I've found to strike that balance. See, my problem with the don't smile until Christmas proverb is because school should be a joyous place. 
I want my students to have fun and see the joy that I get from being with them. I would hope that the majority of my students' time with them gives them reason to smile and that I can even smile along with them. This idea that we need to set a precedent of seriousness and being strict and controlling at the beginning of the year can rob your class of joy. And not to mention, I would be miserable if I couldn't have fun with my students for the first four months of the school year. I like being happy, and I like making other people happy. And so I don't think the advice that we should have to force ourselves to be something we're not for the sake of a well-managed classroom works. I don't think that's something that we should do. But I do believe it is important to explicitly set the tone at the beginning of the school year. And when I say explicit, I mean telling students on the first day of school that I want our class to be fun, and I'm excited to joke and laugh with you guys but there are also expectations for behavior in this room. And then spending some time talking about what those expectations are. I know this isn't a revolutionary idea, but I really believe in creating a class contract with students. Have a discussion about what respect means. How should they act when the teacher is talking? How should they act when other students are talking? What consequences for disrespect are there? Let them be a part of that discussion and then write down what you and your class come up with. Put it on a poster and have students sign it, agreeing to the expectations of your classroom. That way, when one of those expectations is violated, which of course will happen, a student is disrespectful or the physical classroom space isn't being taken care of, you have something to reference back on. You can talk to the class or pull an individual student aside and say, hey, Remember that contract we made at the beginning of the year? Do you feel like you're holding up your end of it? And that way, there's no surprise when you show your displeasure with unacceptable behavior. My old principal from when I was in high school, and if you're listening to this, Mr. Schuyler, I don't really mean old, I mean seasoned. He once shared with me when I was a young teacher, he shared with me this bit of wisdom, a line that I remember him using when I disrespected him when I was in high school. He said to me, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Just because I like to have fun doesn't mean that I can be walked over. I can be kind and mean business at the same time. And so to me, this isn't about pride. It's about respect. And of course, educators should be expected to give that same respect back to their students. We have to recognize that they also have bad days and need grace as well. I've also found that as a teacher and a parent of two young kids that I have to be consistent. We have a rule in my house for our two kids who are seven and six that their rooms have to be clean every day before they go to bed. And if you've ever been a parent of young kids, you probably know that this routine, this expectation, is not exactly an easy one to institute. Sometimes we'll have big, busy days and bedtime will be later than normal, and it would be a heck of a lot easier to just let them go to bed with messy rooms. But we rarely, if ever, make an exception to this rule. And sometimes my kids aren't happy about it. Sometimes I might come across as the bad guy dad because I have to lay down the law. But my wife and I have decided that this is an ex important expectation in our house and that the skills and characteristics our kids develop because of it are worth it. And so we are consistent. And it's this consistency that makes this not a big deal for our kids anymore. They know that this is how it works in our house. And so now they naturally do it. And the same goes for the classroom. 
in all of my classes, I have always had this rule that if a classmate is talking about something related to the subject matter of the class, you cannot interrupt them. Even if we're in a discussion and another student has something important they want to say or contribute, you need to wait until they are finished. And sometimes I just want to let them interrupt because they're excited and eager to engage in discussion, but I will always pause the interruption and say, hold on a second, let them finish, and then you can respond. And it's because I'm consistent about this, interruptions don't happen nearly as often. Listen, being consistent takes discipline on our parts as educators. And believe me, it's not always fun to be consistent. But I firmly believe that consistency is one of the things that our students need most. This is what I think it all boils down to. If we can be consistent with our students and outline our expectations and commit to sticking to them, that gives us space to be joyful and fun and smile before December. I'm not my student's friend. I'm a mentor. I'm a facilitator. I'm a teacher. This means I have to restrain myself sometimes and not laugh at inappropriate comments, even if I think they're funny. It means I can build relationships with students and connect with them on a very deep level, but at the same time have expectations that need to be followed. And what I've found over and over again is that students appreciate this. When that student said to me, I thought you were the crazy fun teacher who was okay with this kind of behavior, I realized that behavior was partially my fault. I was sending mixed messages. And so in my encouragement to you would to continue to express joy to your students, tell jokes, be funny, keep it light sometimes, and make your class one that your students love but also know that some of the best learning happens when students know how they are expected to behave in your classroom, how they are expected to treat each other, your classroom space, and how they're expected to treat you. And when this happens, learning happens at such a deeper and more productive and wonderful level. You know, it took me a while to learn this lesson that students don't always have to have fun in order to be engaged. They don't always have to enjoy themselves in order to experience joy. And so if that means having to be strict sometimes in order to be consistent, that is perfectly fine. I had this teacher in middle school who I absolutely idolized. When my parents were going through a divorce, he was one of the only people in my entire life who I could talk to about it. Every single day, Mr. Peters would ask how I was doing and listen to me when I needed to be listened to. He was one of the most influential people of my entire childhood. And I remember this one time that I cheated in his class and I got caught. And Mr. Peters gave me a detention. Hey, thanks for listening to the show today. New episodes drop every Monday. And if you are enjoying this podcast, which I am really enjoying creating, please feel free to spread the word and let others know about it. I'd love for other educators to explore these big ideas in education with us. And please leave a review if you get a chance. I'm Trevor Muir, and this has been the Epic Classroom Podcast. Thank you for what you are doing to make learning into an unforgettable story for your students and really for making learning epic. I'll see you next time.